Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It kind of seems to me like the, the kids of today are a lost cause. They can't communicate very well. They think the world owes them everything. Uh, they're always on their phones, TikToking and Instagramming and be reeling. Uh, how will they cope with the challenges that, that, they, that they're left with? How are they going to be able to, to run the world? How are they going to be able to take over the church and, and, and lead our country to, to prosperity when the world is, is left to them? Now, of course, I don't believe any of this, but I've heard this sentiment uh, spoken of many times. I've heard people talk negatively. And when, when I hear this, I often remind these people that I think it's, it's this way often for, I think, every single generation. I think every generation has a pessimistic view of the, the generations that follow them because of the differences between them. Now, maybe that's not the case here at, at Peace. I think in a congregation like ours, where there are, are young people everywhere, right, where it's wall-to-wall youth and, and, and children, uh, I think maybe our temptation is, is a little bit different. Uh, it's not that we are worried about our children, the next generation, messing up the world. I think what worries us is how our messed up world is going to influence this next generation. Right? We look at our, our culture, we look at media, we look at the, the spiritual state of our, our nation, and it's easy to feel fear for the future of the church. It's easy to be fearful about what our children will have to deal with. Right? The backlash that they're going to face for, for having faith in Jesus Christ in, in a world that has rejected truth, in a, in a society that, that has walked away from the word of God, that hates the message of the cross. Where is hope when we look to the future? Words for our, t- our text this morning uh, were inspired by, by God, written down by Paul in a letter to uh, the Christians in Rome. Uh, and they were in a situation a lot like the one that we are in in our world today. They were in a society that was going downhill. Uh, and in this letter, he encourages them. He reminds them that when we have faith in Christ, we are never without hope because the God in whom we trust is the God of hope. And as the God of hope, he doesn't just leave us to ourselves. He has given us several amazing gifts that enable us to live not in fear, but in hope. So on this Christian Education Sunday, let's read our text from Romans chapter 15. We'll read verses 4 through 6 and also verse 13. And this is printed for you in your bulletin. Indeed, whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that through patient endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we would have hope. And may God, the source of patient endurance and encouragement, grant that you agree with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that with one mind, in one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe, so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, these words are yours, and so we know that they are the truth. And we ask that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Now, to be fair, uh, you aren't wrong if you think that things look bleak for the next generation of Christians, right? As our nation continues down the the path that that leads away from God's word, that rejects his truth. uh, As we follow that path that, that, that leads to celebrating sin, throwing parades for sin in order to try to normalize it, that uh, we have to worry about what books are in the library that our our kids pick up, that proclaim good as evil and and evil as good. There is a lot that we could worry about. But remember what Jesus says about the value 
of worry. He's teaching his disciples and he says, which of you can add a single moment to his lifespan by worrying? So Jesus tenderly invites you. He says, I I don't want you to worry. I want you to take all of your anxiety, all of that worry, I want you to place it on me. Right? And that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? To just take everything that weighs heavy on our hearts when it comes to thinking about uh, the children in our church, about the next generation of Christians, and just leave it with Jesus. Jesus says, don't worry. Right? And I've, I've found from experience that if somebody's worried and I come up to them and that's all I say is don't worry, it doesn't work very well, right? We can't just say don't worry. How do we actually do this? How do we release this this worry in our hearts about what our our kids are facing, about what this next generation faces, and and live in hope? The first thing to do is to go to to the Word of God, right? To the Bible. Uh, Our our text says, indeed, whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction. So the entirety of the Bible is useful for us. The entirety of the Bible is there for our hope, for our comfort, a gift for us as we meditate on it, as we learn it. To what end? Why? The text says, so that, for this reason, through patient endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we would have hope. What's interesting to think about as we read this is that Paul is, is actively writing the New Testament, right? So what he has in his mind is the Old Testament. So how can the Romans, as they receive this letter, how can they find hope for the future based only in the words of the Old Testament? Because in those words, on every single page, they find printed the faithfulness of God. Proof that that God's word is trustworthy. They would find promise after promise given by God that had now been fulfilled in Jesus. They would read about that, that first promise given to Adam and Eve and then repeated to generation after generation that there would be this man that was born of a a virgin miraculously, that he would be born in in the city of of Bethlehem, that he would be the descendant of, of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, King David, that this man would be rejected by his own people, that he'd be silent before his accusers, that that he'd be put to death, but by his wounds, by his death, we would have healing. It would grant us forgiveness. We would be made right with our God. They'd find prophecies that this man would, would be a favored one of God, that he would not see decay, that even death could not hold him. And as they read these promises and they know about Jesus, they know what he did, they know that he fulfilled all of these, that's where they find their hope. Right? Every single page, promise after promise fulfilled in Jesus. Each one giving them and us more and more hope that what God says in his word is real and it's trustworthy. That his promises continue to be fulfilled. Paul makes it clear in this this text, he says that the ultimate source for this patient endurance, for this encouragement, is God. But that he's using, he's he's chosen to use the scriptures, the holy word, as the tool by which he delivers this patient endurance and this this hope to us. We know that God's word is faith-creating, it's faith-sustaining, and that's why... We do what we do here at Peace. That's why today, Christian Education Sunday, where we launch our our Sunday school and youth group and and Bible study, that's why this is a celebration. It's because we we know that it's so important to have kids be exposed to the Word of God, the power source of that patient endurance and that encouragement. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have this this story time for our, our youngest Our youngest members, our our infants and toddlers before Sunday school even starts. That's why we focus in Sunday school on on real historical uh, lessons from Scripture. 
why even our, our crafts point to Jesus, why we teach children songs that, that teach them of their Savior. This is why every single week there's 48 kids who come through the doors multiple times a week and are, and are taught about their Savior in our preschool. And you know this, that you know how important this is. That's why you as a congregation have said, it's important for us and, and we, we know this well enough that we want to support any parent who wants to send their child to a Christian day school. This is why we as a congregation support MVL. This is why we as a, as a synod have said we want to start a, a Lutheran college that teaches the truth of God's word. All of this happens so that the image of Jesus can be imprinted on the hearts of the next generation. Because when that's the case, when, when a child, a young person has faith, nothing else matters in their life. Not really. Right? Because we think about our children and they can, they can grow up and they can be despised by the world. They can be rejected by society. They can be destitute. They can be fired from their jobs for their faith. They can be persecuted. But when the image of the King of Grace is imprinted on their hearts, they are safe. Right? And there is absolutely nothing in this world, spiritual or physical, that can separate that, that young person from the love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And there is no greater hope than that. Right? To look at, at a young child and say that, that I know that there is nothing that can separate them from the love of their God. Not even death has power over them because through their faith, I know that they are united to their Savior in His life, yes, in His death, and in His resurrection. I know that heaven is in store for them. And that is hope. And it's not a hope that the world could ever possibly give to us. Right? It's not a hope that's like a, a wish that something good might happen in the future. This is a confident expectation that God will keep his promises. And it is such a blessing to us. What's so wonderful, too, is that it's not just his word that he gives to us. Our text talks about a, another tool that he gives. He gives us each other. He gives us one another. He gives us relationships between Christians. And may God, the source of patient endurance and encouragement, grant that you agree with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that with one mind, with one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our unity with Jesus, it gives us unity with each other. If I'm in Christ and you're in Christ, then we are united with each other. And that unity, that oneness is not, is not separated by generations, right? It's not separated by age. And today on Christian Education Sunday, that's an important thing to remember as well. Right? Scripture talks highly of young people. Uh, Paul told Timothy, the young pastor, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Right? Even in our gospel text, Jesus points at these little kids and he says, let the little children come to me, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus, throughout his ministry, he never points at young people and says, this is uh, an example of what's gone wrong in the world. Right? Instead, he points at, at children and says, this is what is right when it comes to faith. I've been blessed in my ministry to, to, to do a lot of youth work, right? So I've been blessed throughout my, my 10 years in the ministry to, to see the faith of young people from, from preschoolers all the way up through high schoolers be revealed in such awesome ways, right? To hear their professions of faith, to see how God is already using them at their young ages, using their talents, their gifts, their, their life experiences to build up his church. The investment that we make as a congregation in training up the next generation it's not a one-way street either. Right? Ask any of our preschool teachers. Uh, ask any of our Sunday school teachers. Ask any parent who has invested time in, in teaching youth about their Savior. 
It's incredible how often, as you do this, they return the favor. Right? Scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's another promise that's not limited by age. And so we need to remember that it's not that God is going to use this next generation to serve and, and build up his church. He's doing it right now. Even today, what a blessing it is to hear these young voices meld with ours as with one mind, with one voice, we glorify God together. And again, this is a big reason why we do what we do here at Peace. This is why we have our preschool and our Sunday school and youth groups. We know what a blessing the church is, the, the, the network of believers who build each other up, who encourage each other, who admonish each other, who point out each other's sins in love and understanding, who encourage one another. He uses friendships in order to do this. It's easier to stand apart from the world when you're standing next to other people. Right? And in these ministries, especially to our young people, it's not just faith and understanding that grows in youth group or in Sunday school. Right? It's, it's these relationships as well. These bonds with other friends who, who also have Jesus imprinted on their hearts too. Those friendships that will last beyond in eternity. God uses those in our lives in, in such a big way. Now certainly I'm not saying that everything is just going to be super easy for our youth, that, that everything's going to just be absolutely fine. There are going to be hardships. There are going to be difficulties. And that's a, a promise from Scripture. Right? Jesus says that things are going to only get more and more difficult for Christians as we get closer to Christ's return. But the answer isn't to sit back and, and, and worry and be afraid. The answer is not just to sit back and ignore it and hope for the best. The answer is to bring these children to the source of hope, to the source of patient endurance and encouragement. The answer is to lean all the more into the Word of God. So parents, bring your children to church. Make it an every single week habit. Bring your faith into your home. Make your home a culture of Christ. And you can do this by, by taking the conversations that you have on a daily basis. Conversations about school, the things that they discover about God's creation. Relationship issues. Everything that, that, that they talk to you about. You can bring in the truths of God's scripture and apply it to these situations. Discipline. Make that a conversation about repentance and, and forgiveness through faith in, in Jesus Christ. The fact that by his death he has covered up that child's sins and that they are forgiven forever. And that we as adults need forgiveness just as much as, as, our, as our children do. Create opportunities for them to make Christian friends. Whether it be by, by bringing them to a Christian day school or to Sunday school or youth group or, or a Christian camp or LYA. Connect them ultimately with the tools that God has chosen to use to bring us this hope. Connect them to God's word and to his sacraments. And if you aren't a parent, you can still help, right? You can still be part of the, of the church. There's a lot that you can do. If you aren't a parent of a young, of a young child a, or a grandparent, you can pray for the next generation of Christians coming after you, right? You can pray continually. You can be here in God's house, lending your voice, being part of the body of Christ, Right? Being part of that network of, of Christian, of God's people across generations that, that supports and, and sharpens one another while we carry out the will of God. Ultimately, when you look at the future, we should be realistic, right? But we should not be afraid. Because we are God's people. So we are recipients of all the promises that He has written down in Scripture. And we can be confident, we can be certain that He will keep. His promises that he is trustworthy.
We know the joy and the peace that, that God offers to us are not possibilities. They're not, they're not a hope or, or a wish in the sense of maybe, maybe we'll have joy, right? Maybe we'll have peace. But they are a confident expectation that God will give us exactly what he's promised. We know that that joy and that peace that he promises are certain because of what Jesus has already done. It's not in the future that God will save us. He has already sent Jesus. He's already sent our Savior, and He's already done all of the work necessary to redeem us. He has defeated all of our enemies. He has paid our price. He has made us right with God for that gift of faith. He's opened up for us the gates of heaven. And when that's the foundational truth with which we live, we don't just have hope, but it overflows. And ultimately, in our text for this morning, that was Paul's prayer for the, the Christians that he was writing to in Rome. That's ultimately also my prayer for you. I invite you to please rise as I leave you with the blessing in verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with complete joy and peace as you continue to believe, so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.